Hello, and welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, bringing you conversations about race, gender, sexuality, reproductive justice, and so much more. I am Dr. Renee Limas, gender pronouns she, her. I am Dr. Christina Rose, gender pronouns she, her, hers. In this podcast, we are going to share space with women and other people of color to discuss ways to dismantle all systems of oppression, including white supremacist, capitalistic, cis-heteronormative patriarchy. We imagine ourselves sitting at the table in our abuelita's house, sharing a pot of frijoles de la olla and chasing that with a shot of tequila, all while thinking up revolutionary ideas. That's the sentiment we hope to bring you, and we invite you to join us on this journey. Bienvenidos. Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome to episode nine. Nine. (laughs) So I think we want to give some updates and tell you what's going on and then get right into the episode. Mm-hmm. So what's happening? Well, we are in the midst of recording um, up to our 12th episode, I think. Is that yeah, where we're going to get yeah, to? Yeah, we, we have, yeah. Um, really trying to pave the way for summer. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, this summer, we are both speaking at conferences Yay. on um, the work that we're doing with Samias de las Abuelas mm-hmm. and our book project, um, and particularly the theory that goes behind you know, the work that we're doing with this project, with our families and our communities. Yeah. Um, so we're in the midst of writing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, we're excited to go to these conferences. What are we presenting? <laughs> um, yeah, the the real substance of it. Um, yeah. And then we're, you know, creating our vision for the fall, I think, mm-hmm. when it comes to the book, the podcast, um, and our classes, yeah. too, really, you know? Yeah, I think we want to come back in the fall with... Um, some renewed energy from the summer, rejuvenated energy for the summer. If we can get some time off, if we can like relax and, um, you know, kind of gain some, I don't know, grounding. Totally. Um, and then, yeah, we want to come back in the fall with some energy, um, to, yeah, to put some classes together and see what that could look like, um, this time around. It is such a privilege to be able to do that. But I think with all, and at the same time, all the work that we do in the semester is, it is very intense, Yeah, you know? Um, so I'm looking forward to a little, you know, summer break from yeah. maybe the headspace and you said <clears throat> like getting into the yeah. earth, getting into my body in a different way. Yeah. Um, so just to be clear, you're going to Paris. <laughs> I am in like <laughs> 20 some days. Yes, it's what? exciting. I know. And the university is paying for me to go. Oh my God, that's I know. awesome. And I'll be going to Boston <laughs> for my birthday weekend. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'll be, I'll be presenting and also hopefully being um, doing oh, the writing workshop. That's great. Um, at what conference actually? Need at the Malks conference. So mm-hmm. it's the conference for um, Mujeres Activas en Letras y Cambio Social, which is a mm-hmm. national organization basically for women, I don't know, in, a, in uh, academic spaces, right? Mm-hmm. In academic activist spaces. Malks is one of the best conferences yes. that we know of. It's, it's a great reunion. Yes. Yeah. I feel music. like it's, it's definitely like um, not as, not that it's not as serious, because it's definitely a serious conference, but I think it's a much more welcoming space, right? There's, there's not this weird academic gatekeeping, no. pretentious crap. <laughs> it kind of feels like a retreat of some yes. kind, too, mm-hmm. which is so nice. Yeah. I'm speaking at the uh, International Conference for Gloria Anzaldúa, um, uh, celebrating her borderlands, you know, La Frontera being translated into French. Um, the, mm. I forget the anniversary. Um, but I've never been, you know. Um, I've yeah. been to, obviously, the Gloria Anzaldúa conferences in the U.S. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. 
yeah. hang with Norma Cantu, and I mean that's who you'll be hanging with too. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be so cool to see what. And I think this is why it'll be cool to see what this um, inspires us for in terms of planning yes. for the fall. You know, like what what energy this kind of brings to us. So, and um, I, yeah. I just want to say I'm also really excited to present our work and get feedback and, mm-hmm. and help mm-hmm. it to grow and, you know, shape and challenge like the work, the, our book, you know. Too. Yeah. So. And that's really what conferences are for. I think sometimes there's a lot of like like mystery around like why would you take present this at a conference and it is basically to be among your peers Mm -hmm. and to get constructive feedback you know i don't think i've ever used it for that but of course that's what it's for (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it's supposed to be for that but sometimes navigating conferences can be really tricky yeah um we're definitely making the conferences work for us yeah so that's great yeah and i think it's important to kind of get this work out there and and it also forces us to articulate our project yeah right because we have to present it and Mm -hmm. you know we're going to have to be presenting it so it it allows us to like yeah it forces us to be in a space where we're Mm-hmm. when we're talking about it but before we move on to our episode i also do want to say to that we um we're so grateful for all the money that um people have been donating um you know i said i kind of did a little uh story on instagram and mm-hmm. kind of just really putting it out there you know what were the challenges that we're coming up to mm-hmm. um and so it's been amazing to see the um you know the, the generosity of people uh-huh. and um Esteban too. oh and Esteban yes yeah. so Esteban Adame um who helped me figure out audio stuff and um you know we're trying to really figure out doing this podcast in a way that's you know, organic to our experiences, but also that is going to be the most efficient for us. So at this point, we're really trying to make sure that we get the better, the best sound we can up front. Um, and um, so then I don't have to do so much editing in the in post. So we're so grateful for that to um, she is on Instagram as what Giselle world. Uh-huh, I think so. Giselle's world. Um much gratitude to her for her yes too, so she for us spoke a with us yes and she kind of um i think it's so important for especially latinas who are doing podcasts to share with each other right because we're not in competition we're all helping each other out we're all like working toward the same message okay so her name is giselle martin and she's a business strategist mm-hmm. and i think she's located up north right in california that's what she was saying yeah, yeah. particularly for um latinas i think is mm-hmm. what I understood and su- yeah super and i think she's gonna be coming out with courses she had said yeah so definitely you can follow her but they've yeah, these people have been really helpful, and all those who have um, contributed sponsorships. So, um, and you can still do that. So, I think it's paypal.me slash las doctoras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paypal.me slash las doctoras. You can PayPal, whatever, you know. We got a $5 donation. I was like, yes! <laughs> like, it was call. amazing. It's It's been great. And so we're actually mm-hmm. um, in the process of being able to purchase some some good sound equipment that will make this whole process a lot more efficient for us. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that'll also help us to get more episodes out and to have opportunity to be able to just um, focus on continuing having these conversations. So... I think it's so special and important to pull from the resources in our community, and it just feels like that's what's happening here, particularly mm-hmm. because when we talk about updates, you know, our personal updates, there's just so much going on in our lives, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm moving. Yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> semester is ending, yeah. you know, or coming to a close, and so um, we can't do this, or yeah. we, and we wouldn't even want to without yeah. our community. Yeah. So that being said, um, I think we'll, we'll always continue to to kind of post updates on our Instagram. So make sure you're following us at las.doctoras mm-hmm. um, to follow up on all updates. But we want to, I think, jump into our episode for today, our topic for today. Spirituality <laughs> and social justice. <laughs> yes, I think this is... This topic has been a long time coming mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
And, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, you'll kind of figure out why as we get into it. Mm-hmm. But I think we want to kind of start by really just talking about some of the observations that we've been making, like some mm-hmm. of the things that we've been seeing out there, both in like social justice arenas and in spirituality arenas. And, um, you know, this is not to say that anybody is doing it wrong. This is, I think, us trying to just create a much more nuanced conversation around both of these topics. Definitely. If we're good at anything, it's complicating things. (laughs) Questioning things. That's our gifts. That's what we bring to the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, and I think that's actually important, right? Like, we are just offering Mm -hmm. a different perspective, a different lens by Mm -hmm. which to look at these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah. And it's our gift to you. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is our offering. Yeah, and I and I always want to make sure that for whatever critiques that we're offering, for whatever um, nuances that we're creating, we are not doing this as like we didn't come up with these, or we're not saying anything new, or that hasn't already been said. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recognize that um, we need to say it. Um, um, not only so people know where we're coming from, but I think that whoever might be listening to us and doesn't have the access that we have access to, like these nuanced conversations, right? So us being kind of bridges between a lot of these different spaces, right? And modeling is something that we think is important, that you can be both critical and affirming at the same yes, time, right? That's ultimately our message. Welcoming <laughs> and, you know, asking questions. Yes, like you can love something and still be critical of it, right? Mm. Um, and so I always want to make sure that we are giving credit where it's due. And so I think for me, Leila Saad yes. is yes. doing such amazing work around this. And mm-hmm. she's, I think, given me a language to... She's giving me a language to articulate things that I kind of saw, but I didn't know quite how to communicate that or how to understand that. Um, and she has the podcast, or she mm-hmm. had one Wild Mystic Women podcast, uh-huh. and now she has the a Good new Ancestors. Pod- yes, Good Ancestor podcast. And she wrote um, a workbook called Me and White Supremacy, mm-hmm. um, where uh, basically it's it's – particularly geared toward white women and white passing women or anybody Mm -hmm. that holds white privilege to be able to dissect um dissect that privilege and be able to contribute in um in a way that's not going to perpetuate violence and all of these Mm -hmm. things so um yeah so she's doing a lot of really good work around this like bridging the the concept of spirituality and social justice so Mm -hmm. and 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 we'll kind of mention other people that are doing similar work as well Um, But yeah, I think some of the observations that we've been making in terms of a lot of the like rhetoric around spirituality Mm -hmm. is that it tends to be very, you know, and we we were just having this conversation before we recorded, like, what is what is it, you know, and I sort of see it as it's this very binary understanding, right, that it Mm -hmm. either has to be... um, what you know either has to be just all love light positivity or it's like darkness mm-hmm. right um and there's this constant rhetoric in spiritual realms that we just need to stay positive we just mm-hmm. need to you know exude love and light and and you stay beauty. away from darkness too it's not yeah. like you know and I called it hierarchical dualism, you know, this binary that just says light is better than dark, yeah. you know, um, keep it, you know, positive, not negative, you yeah. know, um, and we just think that needs a little bit more conversation. Yeah, and I think that part of that conversation, I know, Christina, you like to kind of talk about this, about what does it mean to put light and darkness in these opposing categories, mm-hmm. right? As if light always means good mm-hmm. and dark always means bad. Because historically, and we'll get into that, right? Yeah. The lightness of skin, mm-hmm. of eyes, of everything was good. You know, and literally darkness was connected to evil, Satan. I mean, really just the hell negative. You yeah. Know? There's a... There's a reason behind that needing to have this conversation. This is why it needs to be complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for, for me too, what comes up is, um, you know, staying positive comes into this rhetoric of just let go, 
like let go and let God. Mm, Have you heard that? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. And I read both of those things as um, binaries yeah. um, and ungrounded mm-hmm. and uncritical. Mm-hmm. No, really, just um, not being able to ask the questions, live in that space of nuance, live in that space of um, sometimes doubt, you know, and come into your own understanding of things, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, very important, I think. And then this gets us connected to the conversation that we want to have around manifestation. (laughs) Another observation. Okay. (laughs) This is, like, this is a... I have to be honest, I feel like I'm always triggered when I hear people talk about manifestation. I was the one who was like, that's like manifest destiny or something Ooh, like that, right? Right. No, and what's the quote? Is it, did you manifest it or is it white privilege? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> did I, you manifest it or is it male privilege, you know? Did you manifest it or is it ableist? You know, is it uh, class privilege? Is it, you know, yeah. Yeah, and so it's this sort of, it is a lack of recognition of the privileges both inherent to that perspective. Like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, stay in the positive love and light. Yeah. Um, like the privilege that you are not in the face of violence every single day. Mm. Right? Like you have to walk outside your home and, and be, you know. And, and for people of color, let's say mm. particularly for black people, that is literally their experience regardless of where they live. Mm-hmm. Right? That they can step outside their home and um, be the victims of violence, right? Or have, right. or, and, and not just physical violence, but there's all kinds of different violences. Right. And um, as you mentioned, like, this is what we talk about in my class all the time when women walking down the street, mm-hmm. you know, you walk on the other side if you see, you know, you, you are always also, you know, trying to find a place yeah. of safety. And so, how can you live that experience? But they, oh, I'm just going to live in love and light, right? And mm-hmm. I think. I don't hear enough conversation about the reality of that experience mm-hmm. while trying to like maintain this idea of positivity, you mm-hmm. know? And so, <laughs> so I think this particularly comes into play into manifestation. It's yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, this is not to say that I don't believe in manifestation or I don't mm-hmm. believe in the idea of that. Our thoughts can become our reality I think that's a real truth in our world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like what it—it's like um, that has a limit, mm-hmm. right? So I can be like, I want to, you know, write a book, which I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I want to write a book. Yeah, and and we're like, because we talk about that a lot. Like, what if we just put it out there to the universe? What if we just say it, and you know, we can try to manifest it. We're gonna pay off our student debt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like um, somebody else who's in a different, let's say, class status than us or you know comes from generational wealth can say that and achieve that much quicker than we can this is what's coming for me you know we're talking about like manifestations of the things that we do want you know in ways that are like healing and loving and things like that right for ourselves and growth I was thinking about manifestations of a different kind when I teach like the um, safe space classes around, you know, how um, a personal feeling becomes a personal action, becomes a community like, you know, act Mm. of um, discrimination. And then it's like completed and, you know, supported by a, a system that's also you know mm-hmm. what's that's affirming that and that cycle is a cycle of abuse right mm-hmm. so they're manifesting things too they're just manifesting you know violence, violence um and discrimination yeah and and you know yeah and no matter how Those are always and no matter right? how much positive positive positivity that we try to manifest we're coming up against these these structural manifestations yeah right and so it's like um, like I said, it's. I think that we we need to be much more complex when we talk about manifestation. When we talk about what is the other way they call it, right? Like, um, 
I don't know. I forget. <laughs> like, but, but the idea of like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out to the world, mm-hmm. and it's gonna, it's gonna happen. And it's not to say that it won't happen, but we also need to be aware of the structural obstacles in place, yeah. right? So to tell a white person, let's manifest your um, college entrance. <laughs> Nice, Renee. Good job. I was like, how are we going to bring it in? How are we going to do it? Let's manifest, you know, going to a big Ivy League, Ivy League college, mm-hmm. right? And a person of color saying, let's manifest that. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different realities. <laughs> Those are two very different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. in fact, the reality is that it's least likely for that person of color to be able to manifest that, right? Right. Um, and I know people can probably say, well, that's not how manifestation works. And I'm like, I get it. But I think we're not having a deeper conversation mm-hmm. about manifestation in general. And so um, we need to be able to understand that there are going to be structural obstacles in place and it can give certain people access to that. Um that it's not going to give to other people. Yeah. I mean, we're not advocating violence at all, right? Of course because not. Because that would be... I mean, I was just thinking of Audre Lorde's, the, you know, the master's tools will never mm. dismantle the master's house. You know, at the same time as, you know, we need to have this conversation and it doesn't mean you have to fight. Mm. That's the thing, you know. Um, it just means you need to be aware and we need to be aware that our language and the way that we speak to these things, you know, spirituality and so it is, understands there is a social justice is needed at the same time. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think something I think about too is, and I've had this conversation with people when we talk about these like spiritual modalities, right? So something even as simple as meditation or Mm -hmm. even, um, you know, all of these things, it's like, if you don't know those things exist mm-hmm. or there's stigma around them, you know, then, um, then, then, then who has access to those modalities? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, mm-hmm. and that becomes a larger question, mm-hmm. right? So is our spiritual work just about us getting to our higher selves or is it about us getting to our higher selves and also making sure that everybody else can do that as well? Right. That's the, you know, there's a revolution without women, or there is also, like, you know, we're not getting anywhere if we all don't get there at the same time, you know, together. Right, because what good am I going to be as an enlightened person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in fact, I don't even think you can consider yourself an enlightened, or or say you're, like, trying to achieve enlightenment if you are not looking at these structural inequalities that make enlightenment accessible only to certain people. Is that a weird... (laughs) No, I think that's great. (laughs) Well, no, I feel like it's connected to this, and this is so kind of now abstract and somewhere in my mind a little bit, so I have to ground it in a second. But I feel like it's connected to this conversation I was having about that I experienced both in like um, religious circles that and spiritual circles, like particularly Christian or Buddhist ones, where it was just like just let it go, you know, like you know you're you know it's done behind you, not there. And I was like, no. No, no, it's not there. The body keeps score, right? Yeah. That's a great book, by the way, mm-hmm. and that I can't even read because it's so intense. But um, and it's your story is your story always, you know. And people's stories. We live in this world that has all this context. We're just asking for people to consider, you know, yeah, a, a more expansive worldview. And I think a good way to ground it is to talk about that. I think a lot of times too in these like spiritual spaces, there's a lack of historical analysis, right? Yes. There's so there's a lot of cultural appropriation. Yes. Um, I always I like to say that um, spirituality or spiritual modalities are are gentrified. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's it's that thing of mm. these these traditional spiritual ways actually came from people of color. Colonization went in and said, um, "No, this is bad. This is witchcraft. This is anti-Christian. This is savage. This is all of these things. You are going to be punished one way or another for practicing this." And then it was like, years later, they watered it down and were like, this is amazing. And we're going to sell it back to you at a higher price. So again, those were like, I'm hearing demonized, appropriated, and gentrified. (laughs) 
that's another cycle of abuse right there. Yeah, but <laughs> you know? those are. But to me, it speaks to sort of the structural way in which mm-hmm. even spirituality has been co-opted. Yeah. What's the store on, on Long Beach and Second Street? Oh, in, Intuition. To? Something like that? Yeah. And it's actually a, a chain, I think. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Um, it was in, I think it was in LA and, and they I think they just opened one on Second Street in Long mm-hmm. Beach. Um, but yeah, it's sort of this, like, we're going to take these, these, who are going to steal these traditions from you so that you can't have access to them and then we're going to sell them back to you at a higher price so that you can't access them. Right. And that's what's happening. And sometimes this happens over 5,000 years, right? Yes. And then sometimes, you know, it happens overnight. Yes. I mean, right? It's, it's, and it's all of that. It's sort of. Especially in the more modern tech, like fast world that we live in, you know? I think about, um, I was just kind of having a similar conversation with my students and I asked them to reflect on some of the home remedies that their, that their families practice. And they were all like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then it was interesting because they all had to make the caveat of like, but it works. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I, I assume it does, right? Like I'm not doubting, but I think they're always coming across these ideas of like home remedies don't work. But I said, um, I said, and so then I asked them like, you know, where did your family learn these home remedies from? And they're like, well, it's just been passed down. And so then we sort of look at the historical context of the ways in which colonization sought to erase a lot of these things. And I tell them, so the fact that your family still has these home remedies meant that at some point they were practicing them underground or they had to hold on to pieces of it, you know? And so it's important that we recognize how amazing it is that they're still holding on to it, right? So on one hand, like you said, it's happening over 5,000 years where there are people who have no home remedies, who have no access to this whatsoever. And then on the other hand, there are the people who have those home remedies, and then they're seeing those teas being sold at Whole Foods. Right, and then they're navigating historical trauma in their lives, Mm -hmm. whether or not they name that or not. And they are affirming and having you affirm or having, you know, someone affirm, yes, those are gifts. Yes. Yes. That's social justice, right? That's that's social justice taking like in the spiritual context, you know, saying Mm -hmm. like, I affirm your families and your historical traditions, your ancestral traditions. Yeah. And Um, I I name, you know, the white supremacist, you know, um, phallocentric classist perspective that said, mm-hmm. actually, the only people who have control of medicine, you know, mm-hmm. and medicine, not spiritual medicine, not somehow yeah. not plant medicine, but it is at the same time, it is. you know, um, are, you know, people of male, white and class privilege, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's so interesting that you say that because it actually was spiritual medicine, but the colonization separated that right oh yeah it said no this is just about body this is just about pharmaceuticals this has nothing to do with spirituality but innately like historically all of that was connected right like the spiritual and the medicine the body and the mind um and that was also um that's also been co-opted, right? Because now, so let's just call it out, right? Like if you look at yoga spaces mm. <laughs> and um, there's this great video going around about if Gandhi went to a yoga class, ah, it was hilarious. Like he wouldn't be accepted or something? Or the like, teacher, you know, and they were mocking and they're like, the teacher was like, Gandhi, you're doing it wrong. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, if you think about, I mean, even in Long Beach here for as diverse as it is, a lot of the yoga studios are still very white, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because of who owns them, mm-hmm. who teaches there, and how much it is. I know. I was like, who has access to the money to take the yoga yeah. classes and to take the teacher training and stuff like that? And yeah. I mean, that's... And so they, and so it's, it's like thinking of yoga, and it's also been separated from its spiritual basis, right? As right. a ways... As a means to prove its validity, so there because there's this antagonism between like fundamental Christianity and like yoga, oh, and so yeah. I, I I know this because I took yoga teacher training. <laughs> I feel like when I took yoga for the first time, and I was trying, I'm just coming back to you right now. Like I don't know, like 20 years ago, people were like, "Oh, that might be the devil's work or something like that." That. And I was like, no, 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 it's just for my body. And so American yoga has had to really make an effort to say, no, this is not religion. This is just exercise. But the reality in the history is that it absolutely is spirituality. It absolutely is. 
a spiritual practice, right? But so it's like in the same way, can you take your, you know, spirit from your body? Can you take like your, you know, your soul, your whatever, yeah. you know, your whole self? Can you, can you split yourself apart? <laughs> I mean, and like, you know, talking about um, the, the history, historically, yeah. you know, pe- people of uh, in the Western framework, yes, you are, you know, your body means nothing. Your soul, you know, your, mm-hmm. your mind, your spirit means everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or that's, and that's a hierarchical dynamic as well, right? Because because patriarchy, white supremacy is all about hierarchies. And so it's to say the mind is more powerful than the body. And if your mind cannot control your body, which is why what patriarchy says that right women are at the whim of their nature of at their of their body. And so they can't hold these intellectual capacities the same way that men do, which is all bullshit that's funny i was like yeah i am i'm on my moon and i'm feeling right. it but as if I'm the like body grateful. doesn't have intelligence oh yeah. yeah right as if the body is not a means to learning as if the yes. body is not a means to teaching right as if as if the body does not have intelligence you know Ooh, i love that <laughs> And that they actually work together, whether we want to acknowledge that or not, right? And again, that's that's the hierarchical, that's colonization, right? That's white supremacy that it says, no, it's all about the mind. And, you know, then a layer onto that, it's like only white people know how to think to that capacity. Only men know how to think to that capacity, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, you know, people of color, women are, are of their bodies mm-hmm. and they cannot be separated from that and... I mean, yeah, I know this conversation this could go into so much dehumanizing. I'm just feeling like this, like disconnect, deconstruction, dehumanizing, like you know, in this yeah. these philosophies yeah. that actually had like real impact, right? Yeah. With witch trials and you yeah. know, and I think when we, so it's funny when I see like these. Um, these yoga spaces, or I'll see they have these like yoga conferences, or they'll have these like festivals, like yoga festival. And somebody, I think, on Facebook called it out like, oh, um, is this just going to be like a bunch of white yogis? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> right? And you look on all the pages and it's primarily, and they will, they'll call themselves gurus and they'll use all this like co-opted terminology, um, you know, and, and really being the sort of, yeah, and that, to me, that's what gentrification is, right, is to, like, take over these spaces that have historically been, or rooted in histories of people of color, Mm -hmm. take it over, make Mm -hmm. it bigger, make Mm -hmm. more money off of it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and legitimize it. I've seen this, um, I follow um, Roots of Resistance, and Mm -hmm. she speaks to this happening in the herbalist world, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, black um, herbalist, um, calling that out in spaces um, um, of gatherings of herbalists, and she says, you know, white, white space, you know, and they're like, you know, we can't have political conversations. Okay. (laughs) And I hope I'm not misquoting all of this, but this is what I got, you know, from from following her, like... And they're like, no, we can't, we're not going to allow political conversations like that in our space. This is the same thing with the lightness, love and light thing, right? Yeah. No darkness, no social justice, no political yes. conversations. It's it's sort of like, it's the, it's the colorblind bullshit too, right? It's like, if we just don't acknowledge it, mm-hmm. then it'll go away. Right, so we're not going to talk about political issues. We're not going to talk about social justice. We're not going to talk about race. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about white supremacy because that's darkness. Yeah. That's violence. That's evil. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is by staying in the love and light, staying in the like, yeah, you know this. Even like when people talk about hyper or high vibration or whatever, right? Like. Ooh. <laughs> I don't get the vibe. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it anyway. So yeah. I mean, and I and I do get it, but we, again, it's it's we still need to be able to have these critical conversations about like. I think of high vibration, like vibration, like you know, plants that are alive. When you eat them, they have so much life. They're probably yeah. high vibration. When you have like a can of like spam or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, or like frozen. That's you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I the think life force has been drained right from it. Yeah. And I think um, so it gets back to this idea of like, let's just not talk about it. 
you know, and that that's the way that we're going, you know, if we just all focus on loving each other mm. and focusing on our humanity, yeah. we'll all be good. And it's, yet. No, we lived through like 30 years of that, Renee. We're not going back, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like. Right? Um, and it's like, n- n- uh, no, we can't, we can't live those lives where we're just, we are afraid of the darkness. Or our own, you know, people talk about the shadow self, right? And, yes. you know, um, and I'm trying to think of, like, where I've heard this, but that, um, you know, we actually have to kind of sit in our shadow. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not seeing the shadow as a bad thing. It's not seeing the shadow as an enemy. It's not seeing darkness as in, innately evil. It's just another side of us. It's like this, I always tell my kids, the sun and the moon. Because they know that when 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 the sun goes down, it's time to go to bed, and they'll be like, "Why does the sun have to go down? You know, why does it have to be nighttime?" And I said, "Because we can't have the sun out all the time, because then it'll burn all the plants, and it'll burn all the trees, and mm-hmm. we need we need rest from the sun, you know, because then it would be too hot all the time, you know. And the moon comes out and allows us time to rest and allows." You know, the sun, the sun needs to give its light to the other side, the other yeah. planet, you know. And I think I think that's what I think about, like light and dark. Mm. If we're always in the light, we will get burned out. Right. Yeah. We will. It, it's like it's just too, too much. Right. We need to be able to rest. And I think that's what that's what darkness offers is rest. It's <laughs> like your dark moon time. It's like my rest time. Yeah. You know, it's not about mm. like. And sometimes in that rest time, those things that we don't want to talk about come through, right? Because in the daytime, when we're busy doing stuff, we're busy doing stuff. Hmm. But when we get time to sit and reflect, how many of us have a hard time going to sleep because it's the time when our mind is supposed to be settling and then all those thoughts, (laughs) you know, they're like, oh, you have free time? Here's a million thoughts about the shit that's wrong. Right. I'm like, give them to dream time. Give <laughs> let the dreams, let this other space, you know, process it. Let that, let that dream, let that shadow maybe process it. Because thinking how much we love the shade. Mm-hmm. Thinking about how much kids love shadow play. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, there's something about it that gets like taken and distorted, you know, from a very early age, you know. Yeah, yeah I think we, we try to avoid it so much. We're like, and that's what insomnia, I think, why insomnia happens, because we're laying at night and all the thoughts are coming in and we're like, go away, go away, go away, instead of saying, okay, what are you? Ooh, this kind of made my the conversation <laughs> up with Carmen, you know, about like things, you know, if, you know, with op- like opportunities come to us to, to talk with things that might, you know, scare us to really be like, I hear you, yeah. you know, like. And not, so I was just mentioning to earlier, like in the tarot, um, so I, I do the vision quest tarot and in the little book, I forget what card it is, but it'll talk about like, you can, you can face your fear and not be of your fear. So don't identify with it. You are not yes. fear, but you can be afraid, yes. right? So you can be at night and be like, okay, let's let all the thoughts come in. Yes. Cause the only way that they can be processed out is through you. Yes. So you can't avoid them. You have to like feel them yes. and then they can kind of come out right this to me is where social justice comes back into the picture too because in order for you to know who you are and to trust your intuition and trust who you are you have to disentangle at least i mean correct me if i'm wrong the 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 places that that we named you as just a vessel or just nothing or just you know like you have to like come into your to yourself so that you can know who you are, and then yes, be like yes, I yeah. I just by feeling this, it's not taking me over. That's what we do with our kids all the time, right? Yeah, like let them you have are, their emotions. You are feeling this now, and that's okay. Yeah, and um, that doesn't. And then a little bit, you know, You'll when I come it. back to the conversation with him, you were feeling angry. He's like, yeah. I was like, what are you feeling now? I'm not angry. I'm like, yeah, huh. because you're bigger than, you know, your feelings, you know, like. <laughs> and that's the thing I think, like, if if our goal, and I think for a lot of people who are kind of speaking this, like, spiritual rhetoric, I do think that their intentions are 
there in terms mm-hmm. of they want liberation. I think we all want liberation, but we can't have liberation by going over obstacles or mm-hmm. around obstacles mm-hmm. or avoiding obstacles. We have mm-hmm. to go through them. And so I think, like, I'm... I'm I mean, in, to be honest, to go over or under whatever, you are trampling on, like, You're going to see it. Yeah. yeah right? And yeah. You, and and it's not like I'm gonna be. It, it's the Sandra Bullock movie, right? Where she's wearing a blindfold. I haven't seen it either, but it. I've heard about it. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like let me just be bl- like, and it can be so telling about white wo- privilege. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just walk through the world without seeing things, right? Yes. Um, but I think I think about um, so in we're kind of nearing the end of the semester in my classes, and I always want to leave them with hope. Like, where's the hope? And I think that a big step in towards liberation is to be able to name the system. Say, yeah. that is sexism. That is white supremacy. That is racism, right? Like, because I think so often we're told, no, 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 that's, you know, you're just, you're just making it up or, you know, and so if we can have the language, have yes. the definitions to be able to go through our life and when we experience something, be able to say, oh, this is not because it's my fault or because I am a bad person, but this is either racism coming from the outside or it's internalized racism or it's internalized patriarchy. If we can name those things, then we can move through them or at least figure out or strategize tools to be able to dismantle these structures i feel that immensely i feel as a child you know i look back and think oh child you know there was so much socioeconomic race stuff happening sex stuff happening in your life and you just thought it was you Mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't you know i mean we've talked about this in so many episodes shame yeah we thought that shame was sin yeah what we thought was sin was actually imposed shame. So then, like, modern spirituality, or I don't know, what, what do I want to call it? Like, ungrounded, new age. ungrounded <laughs> spirituality, new age spirituality, like, yeah. like, attempts to invoke this lightness, love and light, while not having the conversations about deep shame, which I think is... Trauma. S- deep trauma deep trauma and where those traumas come from it's not just that you because i think too there's a lot of talk about trauma and i think there's a perception of trauma as coming from individual situations right like oh you come from an abusive background or you experienced a lot of violence or you experienced sexual violence and not recognizing that those traumas actually not only do they come from those individual mm-hmm. things, situations, but they also come from these larger structures, right? So um, white supremacy imposes trauma, right? Yeah. And so it's like we can be the descendants of abusive family members mm-hmm. um, and who were abusive because of their navigating white supremacy right or navigating patriarchy or navigating these other things um another cycles of abuse so it's like the trauma can come from multiple places yeah right not only people in our lives but um but from generations that are dealing with these larger structural issues and so i think even even sometimes conversations around trauma need to be more nuanced right like where does the trauma come from and where does the trauma continue to come from um and um not like before and after not like like linear not like you were here that was trauma and now you're out of the trauma and it's no longer a part of your life right because the trauma continues to happen we still live in a patriarchal society we still live in a white supremacist society so how can we escape from it when we're it's it's i always tell my students institutionalized oppression isn't about one moment of dealing with sexism it is the very air that we breathe right we breathe air that is innately white supremacist patriarchal capitalist oppressive (laughs) this might be a digression but to take it to another level you know i was saying i was sad to leave my house and um a physics uh person who does physics um 
whatever that person is, a physicist, physicist, <laughs> was like, you know, the way I understand and what that we study in time and space and science through physics is that basically that moment of you giving birth in this house is happening all the time. You know, like wow. So that was so calming in that moment. I was like, you're right. Yeah. You know, I see time as linear, but it's not. Yeah. I will always be giving, well, in a good way, in a bad way, yeah. birth here in this moment. And I can celebrate yeah. that moment. And the same way, I'm going to take it into this conversation because I think we talk about white supremacy and, you know, um, male supremacy is the air we breathe. Because maybe it is, you know, if time is not linear, it is happening. Yeah. Like all the time, you know. That's, yeah. that's so trauma- traumatizing, actually, just thinking about triggering. <laughs> it's um, depressing, but I think, again, if we say, Let's just name it, right? We can't not we can't move through it if we don't name it, right? Yeah. If we don't call it out, it's sort of like when we talk about climate change and we all want to, you know, or people want to be in denial, and it's like if we're in denial, it's still gonna get us. Totally right. Like our, I forget who told me, like Mother Earth is gonna kill us long before we ever kill her. Oh, in my class yesterday, I was like, Mother Earth is going to save us, or at least save, you know, the planet, whether or not humans exist, you know, is the yeah, next thing. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's, and that's the thing. And so climate change is going to happen regardless of what we, what we say or do. And so mm-hmm. white supremacy exists, whether we name it or not. But if we truly want liberation, then we have to be able to at least name it. So then yeah. we can strategize. And okay, so I think that brings us to our last yes. <laughs> point here is what, what, what do we want (laughs) what does this look like or what i think the visual i have on this is it's a cycle it's and and there's good good and bad cycles what there are healthy and unhealthy cycles i will Mm -hmm. say you know cycles that bring us joy and cycles that disempower you know joy joy or sadness right so to really see like spirituality and social justice uh, you know, in a in a circle, you know, like really like if um, mm-hmm. that we are constantly coming like in, you know, in this rotation in mm-hmm. the same way that we rise and fall in the morning and the evening, you know, and the sun and the moon and everything like that coming into this relationship between spirituality and social justice. It's ever yes. like kind of cyclic, cy- cycling, cyclical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that. um for me, it's just a recognition that we can do both of those things at the same time, yeah. right? So we can be spiritual beings and want to stay in love and light while also acknowledging structural oppression. Yes. So I think that um, what what I want to sort of think about, right, or leave off with here is just a recognition like that, I think I, I put it that... Um, so spiritual work needs to be rooted in an understanding of structural oppression mm-hmm. and conversely social justice work needs to be rooted in spirituality in self-care yes we didn't really reflect on that as much you know yeah. in this episode but that is vitally important yeah and so spiritual activism is a term that rachel ricketts use yeah and i think um you know always again nodding to people who are doing work around this and so she um i can read just a little bit of what she's what she says because i think it's really powerful right she says um she has a class called spiritual activism 101 And she says, we live in turbulent times and there's a great call for the collective to come together and fight the systems of white supremacist patriarchy. If we want to dive deep into how to commit to anti-racist efforts and get comfortable with your discomfort around discussing and addressing race and racism. She says, join me for spiritual activism 101 workshop. Um, And she sort of really sort of looks at like doing these like anti-racism workshops or doing or or talking about racism like deconstructing that Mm -hmm. but grounded in like a spiritual practice right like how can Mm -hmm. we make sure we're staying grounded how can we make sure that we're staying rooted and i mean at least that's what i perceive of it um she says we'll carve out space honor our challenges and cycle that shit up and out I love that. Folks will leave feeling supported and empowered in their journey to better show up for themselves and the collective, and most importantly, in supporting people of color, particularly black and indigenous folks. So I just, I really Mm. just, you know, I think that she's... Folks with an X. Yeah. I think that she's, 
or that's proof that you can do both of these things simultaneously. And even if your your work isn't specifically anti-racism, mm-hmm. um, like you're just going to teach yoga, there's still a way to sort of teach yoga while not mm-hmm. um, like co-opting you know, all the way. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think now. I'm just giving, like, you know, thanks. There was another giving, like, person. You know, I can't think of her name. Giving people credit. Giving credit. You know where credit is due. I think mm-hmm. it's important. This is reminding me of this group actually. In um, when I was a chaplain, I know for the Episcopal Church at Long Beach State, um, that was formed called Faith and Activism. And I think that I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I also thought while you were talking that the the social justice without spirituality or without this grounding practice can lead to burnout right yes can lead to being a part of movements and fighting for causes and then just burning out and peacing out really you know from from the from the movement yeah and so i wanted to quote audra lord says um caring for myself is not self-indulgence it is self-preservation and that and that is an act of political warfare. Yes. Angela Davis similarly says, self-care has to be incorporated in all our efforts. And this is something new. This holistic approach to organizing is, I think, what is going to eventually move us along the trajectory that may lead us to some victories. So I think there is this acknowledgement, I think particularly because Angela Davis, was her work was so on the ground, you know, yeah. um, and is so on the ground. And, and that it can be exhausting, you know, and it can be, it can take a toll on the mind and the body and we need to be able to, um, to recuperate, right. Or to rest, right. That we're, you know, I always say, um, social justice is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And in a marathon, not only are you going to be running slower than you are in a sprint, I was a runner back in the day, so this is this is all like a really what? interesting analogy to me. But like, not only are you going to be running slower, but you can take time to like during a marathon, you're going to have to go to the bathroom at some time, right? We're not about time necessarily. We're just I never about thought finishing. of people in a marathon having to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you have to go to the bathroom. You have to drink water. A lot of water you have to eat. Right? I think about it when I'm dancing or when, it, like, I'm taking these dance classes and when I'm working a muscle and it freezes. If I just rest for a second, I can use it again. Labor. Yeah. When we're in labor, right? Burn. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. Like, we need to be able to, to rest. We want to be eat. We need to be able to be supported. Um, you know, and, and yet we're all still in active labor, right? We're still yes. actively doing social justice work. We're still in active labor, even when we're taking a rest. I love that. <laughs> right? We're st- I mean, we both still- for birth and for our lives. Yeah. Like, yes. we still have our eye on what we want, right? And in this case, I think in social justice work, liberation, right? We still have our eye on that, but we need to be able to take some downtime, right? We need to be able to... I want to use birth metaphors as all of my metaphors <laughs> in the future. <laughs> and I think, too, like, thinking about um, that we do that... using birth right like so we're we're doing something and we're hoping that the community is coming to support us so if we think about social justice work and when we decide to take a rest knowing that when we're resting somebody else will step in what's that called that's a a a relay a relay yeah (laughs) right like when our time is done we're gonna hand the baton over yeah right like that's yeah (laughs) constant all these batons going off at once i mean it doesn't it makes actually for some reasons all kind of come in together a a lot of the writers activists you know um artists activists all these um, use meditation are they as a practice i think you know alice walker in particular right now Mm -hmm. you know um but i love it yeah and i think that that's and i need it i need these reminders and i think that's what we're trying to come to in the end is to call out on one hand call out spiritual spaces to say are you at least rooted in some understanding of the ways in which structural oppression can um create obstacles for certain people in terms of their access to this kind of spiritual work right so for example if you're going to have a yoga festival that costs fifty dollars to go to Mm. Who can, who can actually afford to go to that, right? Yeah. Or if you're going to have some sort of event. You know, and we run into this a lot, right? Like, And so we understand the struggle of trying to, sides, to right? charge what you feel you're worth, but also, yeah. like, who is going to have access to what it is yeah. that we want to offer, being that, you know, 
for us, primarily our audience is, we want it to be marginalized people, right? Or who are historically marginalized. I Um, also want to talk to those same, you know, spiritual spaces that are maybe ungrounded or don't take into account historical oppression and ask them what's, what's, what's missing? Like not, I mean, how much, how much are you missing out on? Yeah. You know, and what are we doing all of this for? Like what's, why do we need a million crystals? Why do we need to, you know, do all these things? Like, because there's the sage bundles that are stripping yeah, the sage Yeah, like, there's a lot of you know? commercialization, and it's like, why are we doing all of this? Are we doing all of this just so we can save ourselves and just so we can feel better? Or should our purpose be the larger community, the larger society, everybody, right? Like, we're not going to be liberated by ourselves, right? Or... Mm-hmm. Um, I think we really need to remember, like, what our larger intention is. And that if that is our true larger intention, what it truly requires, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is to be able to name these systems of oppression, um, to acknowledge their existence, to acknowledge our um, privileges in those systems, you know. And then our responsibilities with those privileges. Yes. So I think on one hand, we're, we're trying to do that, right? Just to say, hey, like, have you considered this? <laughs> have you, when you're talking about manifestation, are you also talking about um, recognizing that you as a person of color might have to work a little harder at manifesting this than your white counterpart, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't teach manifestation. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you have to, at the same time, <laughs> mm-hmm. recognize these things. And that's the thing. It's like, let's sit in the gray area for a little longer, right? Let's be okay with... I call that the liminal space. Yes, yeah. right? Like, there might be some confusion for a little bit, but that's okay, right? Like, we, the, all of these things are happening. Life is complex. We need to be able to be okay with sitting in that complexity. Yeah. Maybe, you know, bringing it back to our kids, the breath in, breath out thing, mm-hmm. you know? It's a, you know, it is, that's another cycle that this is, you know. Yeah, and so maybe the breath in is going to yoga class and the breath out is going to march. I don't know, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, right? (laughs) You know, or the breath in is like, for me, rest is because so much of my work is so in my head and I have to think all the time. When I come home, I don't want to think at all. So I'm like, I'm going to watch reality shows to just be zoned out, right? Yes. Even though I'm technically not, because I'm always critiquing reality shows. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, that doesn't. I don't seem never like really turn it stuff. off. But I'm not thinking like, because you know, whatever. Like that, it is my it is my self care. It is my way of just yeah. kind of turning off that brain, so that I have energy when I go back into my classes to have these, you know, very theoretical, you know, intellectual conversations, right? And but so also it, very vulnerable, you know, yeah. also. Yeah. And so, and too, like the spiritual practices, right? In our, in one of our last episodes, we talked about the spiritual practices we bring in and we do those to give us the energy to be able to do this other work, right? And it needs to be that, like you said, this cycle, right? Going between, you know, the spiritual grounding and the social justice work, you know, and the, the modalities and then recognizing the history of those modalities, right? Like it always has to be in constant. And it always is, even if we don't think it is, it is. It is. In the same way, you know, the sun rises and falls. Speaking of that, I've been thinking about how we haven't been pulling from our Oracle deck. I know, I thought about that too. <laughs> we can bring it back. We can yeah, bring it back. we'll bring that back for sure. <laughs> we did, you know, burn some palos yes. as we started. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's for me is like, you know, we need to be, we need to just be making sure that we are um, having nuanced conversations that we're always adding the layers of the of the perspectives of the of the critiques right like Mm -hmm. you know like i think i think some people want to do that but there's always even us you know we can be having this conversation and somebody else can be like but have you thought of this totally and that's important i feel like we don't tend to talk about sexuality enough like things like that you know (laughs) (laughs) i've been thinking about that a lot lately but um Yeah, and I think we, I need, you know, activist professor, you know, profas, I need the reminder to step into grounded space, you know, so this is, um, we are, we are the bridge in so many ways, and, and, um, and I think we're just trying to open a conversation, I think that's what, for me, ultimately, it's, 
let's just begin to have conversations, more nuanced conversations and create more spaces for conversation. And, and of course, that will ultimately lead to some sort of action or some sort of shift in, in, in what, how we are in the world. Yes. Um, you know, but at, at the very least, you know, have more spaces for conversations and, um, Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that, we'd love to hear from you. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love we love um, getting the um, the comments um, anywhere. Instagram, Apple, iTunes. You know, wherever. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so it's so. Um, I don't know. It just it it is energy. You know. It is energy. It is energy. I love. Yeah. I I feel the same way too. And I think that's something we'll probably be working on as we as we go forward is mm-hmm. how to engage with with our audience more (laughs) Um, but we do love to hear the reviews and and any comments you send us or dms you send to you send us Mm -hmm. you know we really um it means a lot to us you know because we're just sitting here talking to ourselves (laughs) which obviously we love doing (laughs) Um, but we always want it to be sort of an open conversation you know but so I think I think that's it. I mean, obviously you can go on forever and that's have a lot nice. to say. Spirituality and social justice yes, coming and, to a and close. It's, and it's an ongoing conversation. Yes, it's an ongoing conversation yes. for sure. So thank you all for being Gracias. here, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.